Hello and welcome to the King Hero IndyCar Podcast with Kirby and Justin. Kirby, how are you? Doing well, Justin. How about you? Well, I am fine. I would like to congratulate uh, both Max Verstappen and Alec Pillow uh, for their championship uh, wins this season. <laughs> I mean, I understand the Pillow thing, but you're ready to, to hand the championship to Verstappen as well? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm uh, I'm very confident in both of those happening. Well, you know, New Garden's predicted to win all three ovals remaining on the calendar, so if Palau crashes out of all three of those, and look out. It could be a barn burner to the finish. He could do nothing for two and a half races, and somebody and uh, what Dixon could be perfect, and maybe they'd be drawing close to even. Just kind of uh, mimicking uh, others who try to convince listeners that uh, there's still a championship fight. Yeah, there isn't one. Um, I think much like F1, you're going to have to start looking to the mid-pack for your races. I know everybody like, oh, well, he hasn't had that bad day or those two bad days or whatever. Um, it, it's That still doesn't take away from the fact that he's winning and winning by not a little bit every time. Well, yeah, he and uh, his team are just uh... – singing from the same sheet of music right now and doing a great job. And so it's no, there's nothing that says he has to have another bad day this year. I just can't see him doing so poorly as to blow a 110-point lead. No matter how smug they may be, they're hitting it on all cylinders. Well, his team has every right to be smug at this point. <laughs> Jeez. Kerb, I'm glad you brought up Formula One because there's lots to talk about there. I did see Lando Norris to the Shuey. That's all I know. Well, um Silverstone was today, the the day of this recording. I did um, I did watch watch it, uh, albeit you know, uh, watch a bit, fast forward, watch a bit, fast forward, watch a bit, fast forward. Kerb, I don't want to shock you, but um, Verstappen uh, won it fairly easily. Really? You and I could be uh, accused of being a bit snarky and smug about Formula One, to be honest. <laughs> yes. I think we're going to start looking like fools to do that. I mean, first of all, um, I heard a number of 450,000 or 480,000 people, 480, and they're talking across the weekend, um, but sure. it still broke attendance records for them and a remarkable uh, attendance figure. There's a few things I got to point out about Silverstone and without being snarky and without, you know, in all seriousness, Kurt. And one is that the production values of the broadcast were fantastic. They right. had camera angles that were great. They had, you know, some visor cam stuff that was really good. They had this cool little graphic that followed the cars around and had the guy's name in just a small little box next to the car. Right. Now, I realize there's probably unlimited amounts of money for the broadcast of Formula One versus what is for IndyCar. But I'm telling you, it's setting standards as far as a television broadcast go. Two is the, the cars are now beginning to catch. Nobody's caught, but their cars are beginning to catch uh, Red Bull. You know, they're all starting remarkably to look like the Red Bull car. Um, <laughs> even, even the Mercedes, which had taken a pretty drastic departure, is now starting to morph into that. And they're all getting right. closer. So the racing's getting better. It's getting closer. But if they can sort out their racing – and make it actually good racing. And I, you know, I think they could do it. 
I think that's a runaway train. If they if they sort out the racing, it's a runaway train, and there's no stopping it. And you know, being a cup half empty guy like I am, I have to say, what's to stop them at some point? You know, in the relatively near future, just like you know what, we're gonna have a F1 America for all the F1 up, you know, and you and I have talked about this before, but for all the up and coming F1 drivers, and I could just see it usurping IndyCar entirely if they're not careful. I, to summarize, watching it with full-on snark ready, uh, you at some point you start to realize that even with full-on snark, like uh, there's a real danger here of uh, of that just taking over completely. Well, I think we've acknowledged that earlier in the se- in this current season. I mean, uh, they're aggressive moves in Las Vegas. They're not only staging a race, but just like they're planting a flag and uh, investing in a whole compound there for their North American activities. They're coming after America hard. And IndyCars, you know, rising boat, rising tide raises all boats, kind of shrug your shoulders response so far is, I think, dangerous. Very dangerous and uh, darn near malpractice. <laughs> last, last week, NASCAR had their first ever streetcar race in Chicago, right? Yes. I didn't watch it. I didn't read that much about it. But the handful of things I saw or read... NASCAR was doing a street race to try to, you know, mimic the success of Formula One in street racing. Not once was there ever a mention of IndyCar street racing <laughs> successes in America as being an inspiration or, you know, something that NASCAR was trying to copy. It's a NASCAR Formula One world right now, and IndyCar is slipping under the surface and nobody can see them anymore. It's a distant third or fourth, a very distant third or fourth. In my darkest hours, I keep thinking of Tony George and how he ruined the sport. So I'm going to take this opportunity again to say thank you, Tony, for ruining the sport. Well, at least he's been inducted into the somebody's Hall of Fame. I forget who's, who's Hall of Fame he got inducted into. But. Uh, I know you said you didn't watch it. Uh, I didn't watch it either. I watched some of the highlights, if you want to call them that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still to some degree trying to get a feel like, was this a success or not? I know I sent you, a, I think it was a Bloomberg article that seemed to be kind of a hatchet job on the race. But everything else I read was very positive, like it was crowded. People stayed, you know, even though it was incredibly late, like they turned the streetlights on to finish it and they shortened it by 25 percent and all these ridiculous things. Some of that weather related, which is nobody's fault. And I, you watch the quote unquote highlights and all I see is one NASCAR driver after the other looking silly just driving into barriers right i mean right crash 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 and yet you've got all these people probably partially because the guy who won uh you know saying what a great race it was maybe the last few laps were you know exciting or whatever but it kind of looked like it had all the makings of a disaster but it's hard to find too many people calling it that it was only later in the week like you sent me that article you said from bloomberg and there might have been something else to where people might have started referring to it more as a uh, a less than a successful event. A, a first year event always going to be a struggle anyway, and then you add weather, and I'm sure it made it much tougher for NASCAR. Um, it sounds like it's still up in the air whether it would will return next year or not. Curve, I'm glad you didn't watch the race in Chicago because as as I was kind of flipping through it quickly, I saw something which I know would have just hit you to the core and probably I would have had to put you on suicide watch. Yeah. And that is Marty Schneider skipped mid Ohio to be a pit reporter in Chicago for NASCAR. Is that Horrific. why he wasn't in Ohio? 
That's why your buddy, Marty Schneider, who you love so much, was not there. He was in Chicago. He's a turncoat curb. Now, I mean, as you mentioned that, now that NBC's picked up the second half of the NASCAR schedule, he probably will be doing all the NASCAR races, won't he? I don't know. You might want to ride him with a little tear on tear stain on it. So uh, I, just, I just don't Marty. understand the people. That, I just don't understand the people that rip him. I think he does a pretty good job. <laughs> I know you're a big fan. You're a big fan. Well, you might have to start watching NASCAR now. See him. Uh, well, not even Marty Snyder will make me watch NASCAR races. Curb, it seems like uh, Mid-Ohio is like 18 years ago in my mind. Any uh, any comments you have coming out of that race? Anything you want to talk about? Well, I mean, I, I know that Palau you know, dominated following the first pit stop exchange, but uh, I still thought it was a pretty decent race. What did you think? Um not the best race of the year, not not even you know probably not even in the top half, but still a decent race. I mean, entertaining. I- well, and and I asked the question because I was reading um, a blogger that I read, and his recap of the race, he just went on about how bored he was because he's tired of seeing Alex Below win races. You just get this. I don't know about you, but I'm watching that, and I'm like, even at the start of the race, I'm like, there's no way Grandma Rahal is going to win this race. Something's <laughs> going to happen, right? Right. Sure. And you know, there's no, there's no way, uh, you know, Rosenquist has any chance in hell. Uh, something bad's going to happen to him for sure. In fact, right. you know, the entire McLaren team has a real good chance of something bad happening to him. You know, Pat O'Ward's going to have a great day, but he's going to start. But since he started last, he's only going to get so far. It's just these patterns are, have now established themselves through the year. And okay, maybe uh, Team Ray Hall has kind of made a remarkable step forward uh, from the beginning of the year. So you could say, well, that's changed a little bit, but well, I mean, in reality, Ray Hall's done well all season on natural road courses. It's just everything else where they couldn't do anything. Right. That's right? a good I mean, point. They, you know, oval, they stink on a, on a street course, they stink, but if they're on a, a natural road course, they're okay. That was a great point. And his point I was going to make as well. It's like, you can't say uh Ray Hall Letterman Langman's on its way back because so far, it's only been on permanent road courses, so it's a little right. it's a little premature to uh, sing uh, their back. Uh, I guess we'll get a good look at that uh, in Toronto. What happened to Jack Harvey besides he sunk back to wherever? Do you have any idea? I don't. Just right back to 18th. He may hang on the rest of the year because there's nobody else to put in the seat. Although, why wouldn't you give um, Lindquist a chance or something like that? Right now, he's three points out of the last leader's circle spot. I guess you're sitting there weighing your odds between somebody that's been in the series for a number of years versus a rookie that hasn't raced all year. Connor Daly. Watch Connor Daly get that seat. You know, um, people still question his dedication and his professionalism and those kind of things. I think, did you, I'm sure you are aware of the story that he had to call his mommy and and have her bring his helmet over for me. I have have a question. Why didn't he have his helmet with him? If you're in his position and you're going to the, blankety blanken track he just went to visit with his friends and have fun he didn't he, he obviously wasn't doing everything he could to be ready in case somebody needed him i mean for all the years i've been following indycar guys in his position seem to always carry their helmet with them wherever they go yeah right? sometimes their seat as well right and i'm just like what, what are you thinking you need, it's not like he had to fly there right he drove over there in his car i mean it just i uh, you know it, it just rings true with the kind of the, the rumors you hear, the the comments you hear about uh, where his head's at sometimes. Great point. Curb, a couple, uh, couple more things uh, on Mid-Ohio. Um, you know, it, Honda seemed to kind of dominate it, by the way. Um, yeah, this is true. 
Um, so I don't, I don't know what that's all about, but uh, Honda was definitely the, what you wanted to be in, at least uh, at least for qualifying and probably the race. It just didn't seem like any of the Chevys had anything for the front. I guess that makes it all the more uh, of an accomplishment for Power to make it to the podium, huh? I like how Will Power's driving. I, I mean, he's got no chance of winning it this year, but uh, you know, <laughs> no. you got to like how he's driving. I mean, Newgarden just seems to be falling apart. Mystery weekend for him, that's for sure. Yeah, um, and um, yeah, I mean, now we're coming into some strength for him, but uh, it's, it's I don't think it's going to be enough. Can you speaking of power? Can you believe it? Well, average starting position um, above or below, over or under ten. Uh, I think they said this during the race. Wasn't good. I'm gonna say it was over. Eleven point three. Yeah. He has not made he has not made one fast six yet this year. Yeah, It'd be interesting to look at pole sitters and Chevy versus Honda actually. Well, Polo's got two poles. Hurt has got two. That's four for Honda. Lungard, five for Honda. Kirkwood, six for Honda. Grosjean has two. That's eight for Honda. Rosenquist with one. That's one for Chevy. Okay. There you go. Might look there a little bit. I'm not so sure they're not the, on the one lap uh, speed that they're quite there. Whether it's uh, horsepower, drivability, who knows. But uh just seems to me. It uh, seems to be a growing trend. Talk about trends for Felix Rosenquist. He's got the third best average starting position on the season at 7.4, and his average finish is 15.7. Yeah, and I, I you know, honestly, in, in his defense, I mean, a lot of that's just been horrible luck. It's amazing. Some people always find themselves in the wrong place. So. He's he's found it a lot this year. Probably the worst luck I've seen. You know, him and Colton Hurd seem to be in running for who has the worst luck this year. Curve. I had to end up buying a new computer, a new laptop, because I threw up watching the end at uh, of, of Mid Ohio. Literally threw up on my computer, and um, that had to do with the interview of David Malukas. Hey, I mean it's it's just karma, right? I mean, he saw Alex Pelos a member. He thought he better try to get some of that karma too. Uh. Little Dave. I don't care how many races he wins. He's now Little Dave for life for me. <laughs> I got choked at the same time. My wife oh. wanted to know what I was, I was my wife wanted to know what I was so upset about. <laughs> what, what, what of all things of all, you know, the sponsors you can mention or potential sponsors you can mention or, you know, of a hundred productive things you could do with that time. Why would you mention that? Hard to fathom. And the problem is, like, I mean, I could see it from Utah, the the, the head swollen uh, in California. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could just hear the balloon expanding, couldn't you? Oh, oh God. That's sickening. Okay. Do we need to talk about Peterson? I don't think so, right? Just I, God only knows what he was thinking. Uh, no, I don't think we need to talk about it. Curb, <laughs> the last, this is the last thing I want to say about Mid-Ohio. And again, juxtaposed against uh, Formula One here. They get, and I know you got a big thing about these victory celebrations and so forth. Mm-hmm. The podium at mid at Mid Ohio looks like a lake house deck at Wawasee that hasn't been redone in like 30 years. 
Right. It's splintering at the, it's chipping, you know, it, it needs a good power wash to get the algae off and, and, uh, you know, maybe a new paint job. I mean, it was, I don't know if you know, I just, I was just looking at the wood. I was looking at their people and what they were standing on. It looked like a lake deck that hadn't been treated for 30 years. You're preaching to the choir. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it was, it would be embarrassing. If I had a lake house, I'd be embarrassed to have that deck. They, should, they need to do better in a lot of ways. That's, oh, my God. I guess they, they're spending it all on gravel traps to, you know, make sure Simon Pagano doesn't die. Well, no, they spent all those millions of dollars on advertising before the first, like, six or eight race of the year, remember? Have you, oh, have, yeah. Have, I have, have, you know, haven't you noticed the impact that's had on the product? Yeah, I, I forgot about that. And as far as I know, they still don't have a marketing director. <laughs> yeah. Well, I sent you that article where the like two people have left Formula One in the last uh, couple of weeks. Maybe they could go snatch one of them. Wow, we're 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 dwelling into the snark here, Curb, for sure. <laughs> I got plenty more if you want to get me started. Um, we're back. The snark is back. Curb, will you uh, indulge me? Of course. Because you're gonna hate this. Okay. But I, 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 there's a point to what I'm saying here. I'm so sure there is. the commentary here is going to be. If I'm a Formula One team owner, would I rather have Alex Palau than, and I'm just going to go through the current field of drivers that I would rather have Alex Palau than? The Formula One field or the, uh, the for, current? Sorry, the current Formula One field. So what, I, okay. what I'd like to do is say, okay, here I'm sitting here looking for a driver next year, mm-hmm. uh, or I'm, I'm just generic team owner, and I've got my drivers, right? And here's... Here's the drivers who are currently driving Formula One this year that I think I would rather have out below, Alex below them. Okay? Are you ready? Sure. Nick DeVries, Al, uh, Alfa Logan Sargent, Williams. Kevin Magnussen, Haas F1. Yuki Tsunoda, Alfa Tari. Zhang Guangzhou, Alfa Romeo. Esteban Ocon, Alpine. That might be a bit of a controversial pick, but I'm picking it. Lance Stroll, Aston Martin. Talk about something that will never happen, but... He, he would definitely be if you were objective. And then probably my most controversial all is Sergio Perez, uh, Red Bull. Now, so th- those would be all positions that I'd rather have an inexperienced in the F1 Alex Blow than what I currently have. Now. Did you say Botas? I did not. Do so you like Botas? I, I think he's an experienced shoe. I don't I don't think you're going to get a big upgrade with Alex from him, you know, and I didn't okay. choose Hulkenberg or Alex Albon or Pierre Gasly or even uh, Piastri. Right. So, right. All the, uh, you know, I, I think I was fair in, in this analysis. Now, what's very interesting to me, Kerb, and I'm sure you probably haven't been paying attention, is that, you know, in the Austrian Grand Prix a couple of weeks ago, Perez really pissed off Christian Horner with his qualifying effort. He, uh, track limits thing, right? kept going on track limits and he's like uh, you know Sergio you got you got a Red Bull car you don't have to exceed track limits to you know get second in qualifying right so just right. stay in the track and he didn't and then um in Silverstone this week another poor performance right another poor qualifying performance so he he ended up like I can't remember if he finished sixth or seventh but somewhere around there right after having to crawl his way back up through the field with what is clearly still you know, far better car. Then I heard the comments of uh, Dr. Helmut Marco sometime in the last couple of weeks where, 
you know, he is considering Alex Blow for the AlphaTauri position, uh, one of the AlphaTauri uh, positions. And, uh, you know, uh, Helmut Marko was born in Graz, Austria, which I was just in not long ago. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's nice, but it's not that nice. Anyways, so now I'm starting to see the future, and this is my speculation, is that they do have their eyes on uh, uh, Palau, that they probably will stick them in AlphaTauri, and really what they're thinking is they're going to want to see, you know, they want to get rid of Perez, probably not, or, you know, probably not at the end of this year, but probably at the end of next year. I think they want a good look at Palau as a potential to be in Red Bull in 2025. So how's that for thinking? And I can't, and I got to tell you, I think Alex Plow probably has thoughts of that too. I'm just looking here at a chart I pulled up while you were talking. Sergio Perez's average starting position is 9.4. Which is ludicrous. Alonso 4.2, Hamilton 5.8, Sainz 4.4. I mean, Fernando Alonso's got a better average finishing position than Perez does. I can understand why they'd be disappointed. There's a chance. There's a decent chance he could not be in second this year, which would be a real poor indictment, um, I think. <clears throat> I'm sure that would be brutal in Chris Horner's eyes. You got the championship locked up. Um, you know you probably have the constructors locked up. And uh, the only thing is left is just to make sure you, know, you complete the one-two. And if you don't do that, yeah. That would be the one thing where, you know, when you're constantly looking for improvement. Plow's management's probably seen that. Uh, AlphaTauri's been pretty clear that, you know, they're kind of open to looking at other people. The uh, Vries has not been good. And and I would argue Yuki Tsunoda has been terrible, too. So I, I think both of those seats are in jeopardy. And uh, I think he has a chance, Kerb. I think he has a real legitimate chance. I agree with you that I don't think he has a chance with McLaren because I think Piastri's the Piastri uh, Norris thing does seem to be kind of. I, I think Zach Brown's got a. He's he's a, he had a very good five year plan there. I think he's been very smart. Does it work out in your mind that that this wouldn't be a possibility for Palau unless he'd gone through that last year? You got to say, you know, his tests there have helped him immensely. So if he didn't have those, I think there would be a heck of a lot more questions. Even you know, being an any car champion, it's like, eh, you know, whatever. Who cares? It probably has helped him a lot. I mean, wasn't the scuttlebutt that his tests were very good? Yes, correct. Very impressive, actually. I, I think it works on a lot of levels. Those tests, I think, to answer your question, I think those tests have uh, helped enormously. So maybe all that boneheadedness will turn out to be incredibly smart. Even if not intentional. You'd have to be a real uh, Machiavelli to, to to foresee that far into the future. That many steps down the path. Right. So Maybe he's got AI managing him. Kerb, let's talk about Toronto. Shall we? Okay, let's do it. Let's just do picks and see where that leads us in our commentary. Um, Toronto is uh, is one of those where you, you can come undone. You can be put out of out of the race very easily, uh, whether by your own doing or by somebody else's doing. And with uh, Grosjean in the field, I think there's an excellent chance of some people and VK. Uh, there's some excellent chances with people being taken out of the field, wouldn't you say? Rossi and Rosenquist are on the same team this year, so presumably they'll play nice with each other. So we don't have a tremendous amount of data. We only have basically one race uh, for Toronto in the AeroScreen era. I think the safe pick here is uh, Scott Dixon, last year's winner, knows the track. It's definitely not a track you want to pick a rookie on, that's for sure. If I remember correctly, he's got a hell of a history there. 
kind of a mid Ohio esque history there. Yeah, uh, I think there's some real tricks to the trade at that course uh, in particular. So, you know, I normally wouldn't pick Scott Dixon first for any race, but this one, uh, Scott Dixon. There you go. Um, I think I'll go with Alex Pulido. Oh, sorry. You know what? I've lost my mind. I was clearly smoking <laughs> crack, and I apologize, Curb. You want to start over? Yes, I want to start over. The only thing I can put it down to is that I went skateboarding today, went to the skateboard park. And you land on your head. And I no. And I, I'm down in the bowl and I, I'm it was so thick I, I literally had to stop skating. And that was the smoke of marijuana in the air. Really? It was choking me. I was like, oh my God. I just lost all my concentration. And I think I might have gotten a little contact right. So uh you know, sorry folks. Alex Plow. It's who I picked first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, dude <laughs> wow wow what a absent-minded thing for me to say i'm gonna go out on a limb here and i'm gonna say colton hurt him okay and that was who i was before i had totally forgotten about palau uh who i was debating with so i'm gonna say uh scott dixon for all the reasons i just said before there you go i'm gonna wish upon a star that uh, new garden can find his regain his senses and show what he's got I will counter that with the power who I think, again, tricks of the trade track. He knows him. He can be quick here. Like him at this course. Again, kind of shooting for the stars here. And a, uh, I'm going to say a wreckers or checkers kind of day. Patricia Award. Yeah, I agree. I like all of our picks there, Curve. I think those are all very solid. Anybody else as you look through the field uh, that you think might might shine, Curb? Andretti in general seems to be strongest on these kind of tracks, the streets courses. So yeah. Kirkwood, I think, uh, might say. Uh, God, we yeah. are in agreement. That's this guy I was looking at. Could, you know, one long beach. Yeah. Um, you know, could, could be a force. Yep. Heaven forbid uh, Grosjean uh, comes to his senses like at the same time New Garden does. Scotty Yama would have a chance, I think, as well. This kind of track. Heard it was on the pole here last year, it looks like. And, uh, and actually finished second, so he didn't. Screw up too badly. I was a betting man looking for some uh, low-key bets to make. That's probably where I'd go. All right. Well, uh, uh, thanks, everybody. Twitter? Or, or we're on threads Twitter? now. You don't mention threads on this podcast. Twitter? At Hero IndyCar. At Hero, H-I-R-O, IndyCar. And uh, do we have any sponsors left? Uh, finisher in second place in the Great Boston Breakfast Challenge. South Street Diner, Boston, Massachusetts. See Saul, the owner, and mention this podcast, and he will give you a generous discount. Way to go, Saul. Congrats on second place. Uh, good Morning America. Uh, got a good 15 minutes, or yeah, maybe not 15, 10 minutes on Good Morning America. Really? Yeah. yeah. Good for him. Did he have his lovely wife with him on the show? She was there. Uh, there was a cook-off, uh, ironically, not ironically, but against his sister. Saul's sister? Yeah, who owns the restaurant. I think it's called the North Street Grill, if you can believe that. <laughs> and <laughs> There you go. All right. Good night, everybody. Take care. <laughs>